go. Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. Today, we're excited to welcome Betsy St. Amant to the podcast. Uh, Betsy St. Amant Haddix is the author of over 15 inspirational romance novels and novellas. She resides in North Louisiana and her hero of a hubby, with her hero of a hubby, I can read, I promise, two total opposite young daughters, a vast collection of coffee mugs, some of which you can see behind her there, an impressive stash of pickle chips. Betsy has a BA in communications and a deep-rooted passion for seeing women restored in Christ. When she's not composing her next book or trying to prove unicorns are real, Betsy can usually be found somewhere in the vicinity of a white chocolate mocha, no whip. Welcome, Betsy. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks. It's good to be here. So um, I have a couple questions. Pickle chips, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, are, are we talking pickles like or potato chips that are flavored like pickle oh potato chips flavored with pickles okay yeah. that's, that's i was afraid theme. i was afraid oh, we're gonna that's say the that. wrong answer <laughs> no no, so no that, I, I have never heard of that in australia and i've never seen it in costco so yeah <laughs> so that's kind of interesting because if you have a stash of them that means that you're just sitting on them and nobody's eating them i just stay in them we just keep them coming so oh, so they, it's a, like a revolving through. door thing? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. All right. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know why you're trying to prove unicorns are real because they obviously are. So why, why would you need to do this? <laughs> yes. I have four granddaughters. So yes. Yes, yes. to unicorns. <laughs> well, that started when my uh, teenage daughter, a couple of years ago, uh, we were reading and the King James Version of the Bible, there's some verses that say unicorn, speaking of different, you know, animals back then. So it's kind of turned into a thing, like, well, technically <laughs> they exist. Yeah. Yeah. So Bible says I, so, can't argue. I love it. Um, so your new book, Tacos for Two, released this week. And rather than reading the back cover copy for everyone, I thought it might be fun for have for you to tell us a little bit about the book. Tell us, tell us sure. like your yeah. All right, so I have the cover right here. I love it. This was really fun because this was my first book where we went illustrated mm -hmm. instead of the more traditional, um, you know, portrait type cover. So I really love how the colors pop and it's just such a testimony to the story. I feel like it really picked up on the whimsy of the characters and the plot. So yeah, so Tacos for Two is, it was a hard one to write. I'll tell you that because my deadline was right in the middle of all of this fun COVID stuff. So it was a challenge in new ways. Um, it was also the second book in my contract with Ravel. So that by itself was also, you know, you kind of feel that pressure of a second book with your publisher. You want to do your best. And um, there was, there was just a lot kind of stacked up on this one. So the writing process for me on the story was a little different. But I do think at the end of it, we came through and we created a really fun read. It's a kind of a rom-com, um, contemporary romance, but there's a big thread inspired by You've Got Mail, mm -hmm. my favorite movie ever, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, you'll still appreciate the book. But if you're a fan of You've Got Mail, it's just going to give it that extra oomph. 
Um, so that was really fun to do. It was, it was neat. I've never done anything like that before. And I really had fun. I've told a couple people who asked me what, what the book was about. And I basically, I told them you've got mail on a taco truck. That's yes. <laughs> That's funny. Cause I've been talking about it as you've got mail meets food truck wars. Okay. So yeah, very, you, you nailed it. <laughs> very cool. Um, so we, we each have questions and Valerie, uh, drew the short straw. So she gets to go first. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I just I knew I had a question that I did know. I, I didn't know it was the first one. Um, so I found it interesting that both uh, Rory, uh, the heroine and Jude, the hero start the story doing what they feel they need to do to meet expectations and carry on their family legacies. So Rory's running the food truck, the taco truck um, that her aunt left her while Jude is about to take the bar exam to join his father's law firm as a full-fledged attorney and neither of them really wants to be where they are. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about that whole thing about fulfilling family duties? Is this really a thing that that rules people's lives and um, how, how did that find its way into a story? Sure, so personal confession, I tend to be a people pleaser so I was able to kind of channel that into my characters a little bit. So even though I've never felt that same burden of like family obligation that they have, I was still able to kind of connect with that and put that into the characters and make them very relatable. Um, their, their stories are, are kind of funny because they're enemies essentially, but they have so much in common that they don't really realize for a little while in this area. So one of them is trying to honor their family and keep up these traditions and this lifestyle and this right, business right. that, you know, has been like part of their heritage and their legacy, mm -hmm. but it's a little bit out of guilt and obligation. Whereas the other one is trying to actually kind of get away from his family. <laughs> He's trying to blaze his own trail and prove himself. So it's a different kind of burden, but still they have that high stakes, you know, that are very similar. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you have a follow-on? I, I wasn't sure. You looked like maybe you had a... a... No, I, it just, um, yeah, it is. They did come at it from, from different sides, but that, that outside pressure, family pressure was very evident on both of them, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. And oh, I, I was just going yeah. to add to that. Um, I just... I've been seeing some early reviews and things coming in and um, I do feel like people are relating to that family connection. So you had kind of said, is that a thing? Do people really feel that burden? And I think so. I think people are relating to the characters, which is always really nice. Um, I like, I mean, I like to write fun and, and romance, but I really, my heart's desire is to connect with the readers and help them either put words to something they felt and didn't know how to put a voice to, or at least be able to em emphasize, emphasize, and, you know, just kind of connect in that way. I, I want them to leave my books feeling seen, really. That's a, a really good way to put it. I like that. I thought it was very relatable. Um, I know there definitely was pressure when I was growing up for, you know, specific paths. And it's something that I like consciously try not to do to my kids. 
Um, especially like my husband and I are both like computer nerds. And so we would love for our kids to also love math and computers. They hate them. Um, they despise them. One is a history nerd and I despise history, but he is, so I'm learning to love it. I'm learning, but he is a history nerd. And I'm just like, oh, of all the things, like why, why history? Um, and the other is just into nature and animals, which again, I have a t-shirt that says indoorsy because that that's me, (laughs) but I'm trying not to foist that like STEM pressure onto them. So I think, I think it's almost universal that parents either do or try not to. Um, so yeah, it was good. Yeah. I like that part. All right, Narelle. Okay, um, well, my question relates to tacos because I love foodie books and so this is such a fun book for me to read. So um, as an Aussie, I'm fascinated by the difference between traditional Mexican and Tex-Mex. So I've been told that in Australia, we most Mexican places here are not traditional Mexican. No. I've been told this by Americans, so I believe that to be true. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm interested in talking about that. And, I mean, the cooking scenes are just so much fun. And the other thing I always find interesting is that we call ingredients by different names in Australia. So um, what you're calling cilantro, if I've said that correctly, mm-hmm. um, we call coriander. So I sit there and do this translation thing as I read cooking books as well. <laughs> yes, which is fun. So, um And the other thing that I find interesting is with um, cilantro or coriander, I tend to associate that with Asian food, with Thai food or Indian food, for example, rather than Mexican as well. So I thought, let's talk about the tacos. You can educate the Aussie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's so interesting. I had no idea. So here, cilantro is definitely more, I mean, it can cross over into different foods, but I feel like the bulk of it tends to go Mexican. Um, I love it. I'm obsessed with cilantro. And of course, everyone else in my family hates it. They say it tastes like soap. It does. Which is like a thing. That's a scientific thing. There's like a gene that does that. So anytime I cook Mexican, I have to cut me up a whole little separate bowl of cilantro and just sprinkle it on my own taco. But that's more for me. So it's fine. Um, But yeah, so in the story, I have Jude and Rory as as opposites in this area too. One of them loves it, one of them hates it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rory's coworker that works in the truck with her jokes about getting her a cilantro candle just to torment her. And those are those are a real thing too. So <laughs> yeah, I actually have one. I haven't burned it. It was given to me more as a joke as well. So that made its way into the story. Um, but yeah, so Tex-Mex versus true authentic Mexican food. That's kind of a thing here. I'm in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is very Northwest Louisiana, um, practically Texas. So we, we kind of get a little bit of both in this area and people have their favorites and there's battles, you know, you either like one or don't like one. Um, you, you better respect the difference, you know, it's, it's just kind of a fun cultural thing in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was really careful when I did create those recipes and created each of the two different Mexican food trucks to know what are they cooking, which way are they going with it. Um, I had to really do my research to avoid hate mail. (laughs) That's excellent. Wow, that's fascinating. So I, I, I asked that question. I had no idea that that was a thing. So that was really yeah. interesting. Yes. 
to know the difference. Um, so did you have a favourite recipe in the um, book personally? Well, I actually had to Google when I was writing how to make tamales because there's a, a big scene in the book with them making tamales and that being part of the, the food lineup. And I had no idea how to do that, um, especially authentically, you know, from scratch. And so my search history in my Google field for weeks was just nothing but um, all these different authentic Mexican recipes. So I learned a lot. I did not try any of them. I just learned enough to put that into the book. My daughter is actually the chef around here. She is such a good cook and she'll look at me and I'll say, you know, Hey, we're having chicken spaghetti tonight. And she'll kind of side eye me and be like, you want me to cook the chicken? And I'm like, yeah, you probably should. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, so I boil noodles really well, but that's about it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of it's funny. A life skill. You need to teach your children to cook and then they'll cook for you yeah. forever. <laughs> yes, and I'm not even no. teaching her. She's teaching that herself. doesn't work. My kids oh, no. grew up and moved out of the house and now they cook oh. for their own families. I'm, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a flaw in your system there, Narelle. Sorry. Oh, I haven't got to that stage yet. I still have everyone at home. But anyway, but so just for the record, I love um, cilantro. I have grown coriander in the garden at various times. We're about to when we can finally get into a garden store, everything's in lockdown still here at the moment. I'm planning to go get some herbs and I'll definitely get cilantro as one of the herbs that we grow. Yes, yeah, I love it. It's a, interesting, <laughs> interesting that you call it coriander mm -hmm. because yeah. my understanding always has been that cilantro is the, the, the leaves mm -hmm. and coriander is the seed. Yeah, I would agree. So they are in, in my head they're related but they're not the same thing one of them is the seeds that you can buy and grind up and mm -hmm. sprinkle on food and then the other is leaves like parsley that don't taste like parsley oh, I do lovely. like like I have a jar of coriander which is a ground you yeah. know a ground thing seeds that were ground and I do enjoy using that but I dislike cilantro heavily <laughs> yeah, I don't mind a little sprinkle here and there, yeah. but um, doused in it, it's like, yeah, no, thank, yeah. no, thank you. Oh, I had this Indian salad the other day that was very heavy on this on the cilantro. It was beautiful. I, love <laughs> it. I, just, I could just sit there and eat the leaves. I'm just <laughs> obviously oh, yeah. I don't have the gene. That We've got Narelle swooning like now. We do all over cilantro. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Not your hero who won her over. It's the cilantro, right? <laughs> Cilantro is the real hero of the that's, story. That's yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's funny. Okay, now I think it's up. Val's up, isn't she? No, the next she time. went on. Oh, no, Unless you have yeah. another one. No. Okay. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sure we could find things to talk about. <laughs> well, I still was... have. I still have my question. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're up to yes. We're I'm up to so me. Confused. <laughs> um, so you you touched already on the you've got mail part, which was something I was going to ask if that was intentional and it was so yay. Um, but uh, so we'll go to the the other sort of absolutely completely unrelated aspect that I was also curious about is um, what would be the the one thing or the two things spiritually that you would really want a reader to take away from the story? Oh, that's a good question. Um, okay, let me think. <laughs> I think, I think, okay, yes. And it is kind of two, twofold. So 
this story compared to some of my others is a little lighter on the faith thread. I guess you could say it's more subtle, mm -hmm. um, but I would say that the main theme is forgiveness. So there's forgiveness and kind of a second chance opportunity, not only between the hero and heroine, but also between them and different family members. They both have sort of dysfunctional family relationships and dynamics, some more than others, especially the poor hero. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so there's just a lot of opportunity for their personal individual growth outside of the romantic relationship. Um, which was a lot, I think, stronger in this novel than in my past ones. Okay. So that was really interesting to write. I didn't really set out to do that. It, <laughs> it developed on its own, which is always neat when that works, you know. Um, so I would say I really would love for readers to just connect with that element of forgiveness. And maybe there's someone in their extended family that they're a little estranged from. I would be honored if this book could maybe have them consider reconciliation or, you know, just something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but then secondly, kind of back what we were talking about before about the people pleasing, you know, family obligation element. Um, I feel like there's a there's a, a spiritual element to that in the sense of, you know, being true to who you are and what God has called you to as a Christian. But, you know, with truth and love and, you know, kind of taking your own path and obeying the Lord's will for your life. But in a way that still honors your, your family. And we can do that. But I think today, so many people, I think especially women guilty, <laughs> get so caught up in that sense of should, you know, I should be doing this, even though the Lord's given me this passion, I should be doing this instead. And a lot of times no one really expects that of them. It's just the, the own, it's just the lie in their own head, you know, that they're believing and holding them back. So I would say, along with the forgiveness element, the spiritual theme would be just kind of forging your own path, but not in that prideful, rebellious way, but in the, <laughs> this is what the Lord's called me to, and I'm going to do his, his will kind of way. So I would love for readers to take, take that away from the story. That's fantastic. I love that. Cool. All right. So that, um, that brings us to the, this and that portion of our author interview, uh, wherein you are put even more on the hot seat <laughs> and we will give you uh two choices this and that and okay. just we're, we're not i mean you're welcome to explain your choices um there's no wrong answer just sort of go with your gut well um, oh, it depends okay. on whether the question is, has to do with cilantro or not maybe <laughs> true <laughs> true um so maybe there are some wrong answers in there sorry um but valerie you want to go first Sure. Tacos or pizza? Tacos. <laughs> I, I assume that that's the correct right. answer. <laughs> Narelle? Okay, how, so food truck date where you're outdoors on a summer evening or a posh restaurant with um, five courses and silver service and all the trimmings? Ooh. I'd say the food truck outside. Less pressure when it's casual, you know. True. True. <laughs> True. All right. So um, I think I probably already know the answer, but um, you've got mail or sleepless in Seattle. You've got mail. Oh, you've got mail. I could, we could have a whole nother podcast on my thoughts on sleepless in Seattle. Like really share oh, yeah. two of them, two of them, just two. Okay. Cause I'm desperately <laughs> curious. Okay. I feel robbed when I watch that movie because the whole movie, they're not together. Okay. There's literally no interaction. That's true. And then there's the super sweet ending 
but I feel like that's when I want to know what happened. Like, okay, we took an hour and a half to get here. That's fine. But now I want another hour. I want to know what happened. You got on the elevator and what's next? So I, I feel robbed from the, the romance side of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and also I just feel like their chemistry is so much better and you've got mail. I feel like it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's so much more genuine and snarky and fun and the banter. I just love it. I'm just, okay. I love it. That's fair. That's I contained that's myself. Legit. I held back. I held back. <laughs> All right, Valerie, do you have another one? Sure. Are you more likely to read a love triangle or a second chance romance? Ooh. Second chance. So come. I don't mind the love triangle. I know some readers will just throw the book across the room if they realize that's what's happening. So I'm not that strong about it. I just think between those two, I like, I like second chances. And maybe because I, there's just something so romantic about people coming back together after growing up or experiencing different things or different hardships. I think it just brings the depth and the maturity to the plot mm -hmm. in comparison. And with the love triangle, someone's always hurt. You know, I feel like I have read some that were that were done really well, but it seems like a lot of times with the love triangle, there's either one of the three people is a total jerk scumbag and you're kind of judging the girl for even being interested or vice versa yes. or or it really is good either way. And then this poor staff, you know, doesn't have a happily ever after. So then you want to see his story, you know, That's so sad. It's just sad. It so is. Sweet Home Alabama, I think, is a great example of that, where you you were you loved the guy, you know, he was maybe not exactly right for her, but he was a good guy, and you didn't want to see him left at the altar, you know. Oh, goodness. so sad. So sad. <laughs> I just want everybody happy. I want I want the happily ever after for everybody. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And you want to make sure that you pick the right guy. I get really cranky in a love triangle if I've been going, well, I want this, I want, if I choose one of the guys, I want him to win the girl. And when he doesn't, I get really cranky. <laughs> so <laughs> the author has to write it in such a way as the reader really yeah. does clue into who the right guy is or it's yes. a very frustrating read. But anyway, all right. So my second this and that is Tex-Mex or authentic Mexican. Oh, this one's hard. This one's hard. I appreciate both, but if I had to pick, I think I would go with authentic, okay. especially now that I've learned so many more of these recipes and just the, the heart that goes into authentic Mexican food. I think it swayed me a little bit more on that side. So as long as there's cilantro though. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely yep. cilantro. <laughs> All right. So if we're going to a Mexican restaurant or Tex-Mex, they often have them either. For dessert, do you want flan or tres leches? That is going to be a big neither. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. I get really high maintenance with my dessert. Okay. All right. Well, okay. what, what would you choose? I would do, okay. I would, for the Mexican theme, I would do churros. Okay. Or some kind of, you know, ice cream topped something um, like cinnamon ice cream on a sopapilla, that kind of stuff. That would a very, be a very American dessert. Not, yes, not cinnamon Mexican. ice cream. I have never yes. had cinnamon ice cream before. That's oh, the thing, is it? Me neither, but it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of dusted. It's not 
flavored cinnamon. It's just yeah. kind of dusted, you know, on top is of it the sugar, dessert. like the sugar cinnamon? Yeah. Is it more yeah. sugary sweet? Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like the fried ice cream where they they batter it and fry it and then cinnamon sugar the ice cream? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see Narelle so. going <laughs> off into the kitchen and getting some cinnamon and shaking it on her ice cream bowl. He had to think, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> Except I've only got passion fruit ice cream in the freezer. So no, that would be weird. Don't put cinnamon on that. <laughs> well, no, it'd probably go. You think? Oh, yeah. Okay. My do it, I'm not sure if I go and find the cinnamon sugar and shake it on passion fruit. Do it and report back. Let us know. <laughs> if you're <laughs> ill, we'll understand where you went. If Narelle does not show up next week for our <laughs> story chats, you'll know what happened. Yeah, she has food poisoning from <laughs> cinnamon sugar on passion fruit ice cream. Oh, it's so funny you talked about the fried desserts because in the um in the book mm-hmm. they uh have a competition food truck that does the it's called dough babies and they do the fried elephant ears or where you know they have a bunch of different names but the fried dough with the powdered sugar Mm -hmm. you know um and everyone there loves them so like the characters are sneaking off to go get some even though they're the competition you know (laughs) that would be me that's that's my mexican dessert (laughs) down the street from the food truck you know excellent all right i think that prints us pretty close to our time so um do you have any final words that you want to say about tacos for two betsy just that I hope readers love it as much as I did writing it. Um, I, like I said, this one was was a tough one to get through because of just the environment of the, that deadline. And um, this one also went through some pretty good revisions. And it was the kind where I read the notes from my editor and was like, oh. And then I was like, she's right. She's totally right. And I- I hate when that I happens. Really, I know. <laughs> I had to really dig deeper and and, I'm so happy that she made those suggestions because it just was such a win. So I feel like the book is stronger for it. And um, yeah, I just really hope readers love Rory and Jude as much as I do. And the side characters, I gotta give a quick nod to the side characters. I don't know how this keeps happening, but my last several books, I feel like my side characters just almost try to take over. They're just so fun and lovable (laughs) and they provide a lot of comic relief and I just love them. So I can't wait for y'all to meet Elton and all the uh, Grady and just some of the, the friends and it's good. For sure. I love uh, Rory's cousin. I can't remember her name, but um, I really enjoyed Hannah. her character. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, a lot of fun. Hannah. Right. Hannah turned into my, my, yeah, she turned into kind of my voice of reason character and mm-hmm. I just love her so much. She's, she, she took me by surprise. So. That's the best. All right. Well, thank you for joining us so much. We really enjoyed reading the book and we enjoyed having you uh, join us. So, and everybody else who's watching or listening, thank you for joining us at Story Chats. Um, If you read Tacos for Two, which you should, leave us a comment and let us know what you thought. Or um, if you want to chime in earlier than that, why don't you weigh in on the cilantro debate? Where, Where do you fall? Cilantro, coriander, is it soapy and nasty? Or do you find it delicious? Let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Um, You can find us on YouTube. 
or on uh, everything else that you would want to know at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And um, if you do go to YouTube, don't forget to hit the notification bell and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs>